Blog Talk Radio. about that here in a moment. Um, 
I'm wondering if there's some trouble getting in and out, getting kicked out of a chat room. I know that happens to us from time to time. I couldn't get in the studio, so we're going to uh, work through our technical difficulties as well this evening. Um, and, again, you know, I don't like to mispronounce names, but I believe um, our guest is Sean Hyman, and as I bring him on, he will correct me if I did not pronounce his name correctly. And then we'll just kind of get into um, some of what it is that he offers. So are you with us this evening? Yes, I'm here. Okay, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you for inviting me and uh, having me a guest on the show. I'm definitely excited to be here. I'm glad for you. I'm super glad to have you. I'm glad that you even thought to stop on by and have some conversation with us. So um, we're honored as well. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? Yes, it's Heinemann. So you, you're pretty Heinemann. much, uh, yeah, you, you're, you know better than most. Uh, <laughs> so it's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll be practicing that this evening. Um, feel free to correct me anytime I make a mistake. I do not like to mispronounce things. So. Um, but, Mr. Heinemann, I'm going to let you have the floor for just a little bit here. Um, I want you to kind of fill our listeners in on what exactly it is that you write and your focus so that we can jump into some conversation. Yes. Um, my name is Sean Heineman and I've uh, been happily married almost 13 years. I got a 13-year anniversary coming up on January 1st, um, so I'll never forget my anniversary date. is New Year's. Um, <laughs> I'll never forget that. Uh, and I have two children. Um, my wife and I, we have a ministry that's uh, entitled Never Again Ministries, and it's marriage preparation for singles who desire to marry. But we also do marriage enhancement. Um, and we also have a weekly podcast that comes on every week uh, called The Doctor Love Show. And there's uh, no um, topic that's, you know, too taboo. I mean, we discuss everything. So uh, being on your show tonight, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with, uh, the real talk of marriage, so I, I feel like I'm at home. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm, the author, I'm the author of, of five books, and uh, I just released my fifth book, which is an e-book entitled Love and Football, How to Play on the Same Team with Your Spouse, um, and, and that's uh, pretty much pretty much what I do. Okay, so that's... I mean, that's really interesting, and I like the fact that you said you've been happily married for 13 years. Um, I think more men need to say that often. Yeah. That doesn't mean we don't argue, though. <laughs> of course. That's normal. If you care about anybody, that's normal. Exactly. Okay. Um, and I'm going to also um, go ahead and bring um, – Ron in and bring um, Imaj in because I know Imaj has some questions and she usually comes in later. But so I'm going to give her a minute to kind of get them together. I don't know if you're ready, Imaj, um, but I'm going to go ahead and bring Ron in so we can go ahead and um, get into the serious conversations. Now I don't know exactly going to go with his questions. Um, <laughs> it's all good. This is my little disclaimer. So, but. It's all in love. <laughs> oh, it's all good. All right. So, Ron, are you with us? 
Yes, I'm here. Good evening. How are you? Good, good. Good you're here. All right. Ryan, for love. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so we have Sean Heineman on, and um, I'm not sure if you heard what he said. Did you listen? Did you hear what he said? No, I actually didn't. I actually just got finished with another call, and I just called right in. Okay, well, so um, he has a ministry. It is never again. He and his wife, and he's been married for 13 years, happily married for 13 years, and his book is Love and Football. And so we're talking about relationships this evening with marriage as a focus. So, so you've been mending the cloth, so i got to wash my mouth. All right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All I right. mean, but there's there's nothing uh, to you know. We can definitely keep it real. If we if we helping people, then uh, there's nothing off limits as long as we helping somebody. I like that answer. I like that answer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that worked for you. I'm glad that worked for you. I'm glad that worked for you. All right. So um, you was, okay. So tell me um, when you're working, you work with couples, you work for with singles. What's your focus? Both? Yes, yes. We, we predominantly, we have more singles who desire to marry, um, especially like those who sign up on our mailing list and stuff like that. But we also have a lot of married, marriage enhancement, I should say. Um, we don't have, you know, too many like <clears throat> newlyweds, but more people who in marriage, sometimes they get stuck. Uh, and that mm-hmm. comes with marriage, and that's the majority of our married couples who who kind of kind of get stuck, and they kind of want a um, a second wind, I should say, uh, in their marriage. So we help out in that area. Okay, so I, I kind of want to have a discussion, I guess, in, in both of those areas, um, and mm-hmm. we'll treat them kind of separate because I know we have um, we have a mixed uh, listening audience, and so um, I do want to talk. Um, about the married life and then the single life. And I know one of the things that even recently um, in part of our discussion amongst ourselves, I know that um, one of the things that single people kind of, I don't know, feel that it rubs them the wrong way is kind of the push to get married. And so in your work, is it one of those things where you're just kind of giving them pointers on how to go from the single life to the married life or just what a relationship should be, what well, kind of a, I guess, of what kind of a singles ministry. Yeah, it's more of uh, preparing singles who desire to marry. I believe one of the biggest reasons the divorce rate is high is because we have, uh, going into marriage, we have no idea what it's like. Uh, very few of us have seen um, a healthy marriage. So mm-hmm. when we get married, we're wondering, um, what is it like? I know I've seen examples on TV. Um, I've heard of healthy marriages. And some of us, they, we did grow up in a household where we did have healthy marriages, but that's that's kind of rare, unfortunately. Um, so mm-hmm. we really help singles in this process and kind of getting their mind right, letting them know that uh, every day won't be um, sugar cookies and ice cream uh, and, and the importance of, Getting your, your, yourself together um, from your health to your credit. Um, you know, if you have, if you're a single parent, that's another thing because I have a blended family, uh, and that's a topic within itself. 
Um, so we just desire, we just prep singles who desire to marry um, and kind of help them to think of some things that they might not see while they're single. Okay. Okay. So it, it's usually you're you're doing this uh, ministry to people who want to enter into a marriage that is done correctly. Um, yes. And so, okay. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a um, pre-counseling, maybe. Right. Exactly. Um, I'm big on premarital counseling um, because when you're down there taking your vows, like you don't you don't know what the the pastor's saying. You're just happy, <laughs> you know. Right. So even in, in the uh, in the engagement counseling and stuff like that, it's like you know we we tell singles to go over your vows and help you to understand what you're really getting into. Um, mm-hmm. So that way, um, I, I'm all for marriage. I mean, I'm married. But I always let singles know too that being single isn't a curse. You know, it's it's okay mm-hmm. to be single. Mm-hmm. You know that marriage. You don't have to get married because that's what your pastor might be saying, or that's what uh, you know your friends telling you because they married. So there's nothing wrong with being single. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna. Uh, I think I might have some questions because. Um, She's on the single desire to marry list. And so let's see if she has some questions for you because she's kind of hanging out. Hello, Mark. Good evening, everyone. How are you? Hello. Good, good, good. good. Mark. And everybody's good. Yeah, I'm just been listening. But I... I as a single who desires to be married one day, mm-hmm. um, how, how can I say this? When dating, is is there a certain type of way people should date or not? Because I'm so used to being myself. I don't want to give anybody just my representative. I'm like, okay, this is who I am. I don't give them too much at first, but... I definitely want people to see my genuine me and not this person they think they see. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it's, it's okay. Uh, my wife and I, we did a video uh, entitled, uh, You Don't Have to Lie to Kick It. And that's what we kind of talked about. We talked about just being you during this dating process. Um because a lot of times we have this Macy's kind of salesperson when we're dating. Mm-hmm. And then once we're married, then the salesperson comes off. Uh, you know, we, we, we smell good, smell like cologne and good-smelling perfume and all this other stuff while dating. Then after we got married, uh, we, we don't wear cologne and perfume anymore. So I think it's important that uh, we actually be ourselves because – that's that's going to be you in the long run anyway, because that facade can only hold up for so long. Right. And uh, it's it's good. And then and then that also helps weed out a lot of people who kind of just trying to get in your ear and and just kind of wasting your time because they might they might be like, well, she's not my kind of girl, and that's cool. So I, I tell singles, it's okay to tell somebody, you know what, this date isn't working. Um, you know, I'll. That's enough. I'll, I'll go home. You know, thank you. I appreciate it. 
uh, and we can still be friends, but this isn't going to work. And I think that's a problem with a lot of relationships is a lot of singles are afraid to say, you know what, I don't think this is going to work. Um, and just break it off before it ends up going any further. I get that. I do that. Mm-hmm. I usually don't get to. Some, sometimes it's the second date that I'm like, okay, this is. The first date was that trial run and say, okay, maybe. But then when we go on that second date, it's like, okay, no, this is not what I'm looking for with you. This mm-hmm. is not. So I, I'm good. <laughs> man. They they call me um, Honest Sally around here. So mm-hmm. I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things we call you. <laughs> Wait a minute. There's a ministry. You have to remember that. I heard that part. All right. All right. I got a question. I got a question. It's yes. actually like a, like a two-part question. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm coming from a place where marriage is a good thing, and my question to you would be, first part of it would be, would you think that, all people should strive to be married. No, no. It's it's marriage isn't for everyone, and, and I think that's where. Um, and I'm not trying to bomb on churches or anything like that. Um, no, because I'm, I'm a church boy, right? But uh, I think the church does a terrible job of pushing marriage on people. Um, even though they have single ministries and stuff like that, but marriage isn't for everyone. Um, because man, marriage takes work. I don't. I don't know if you've been married before, or or, or you're just single. But marriage, marriage takes work, man. Marriage takes a lot of sacrifice. Um, it takes a lot of giving of yourself. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times the reason why people get divorced uh, is this. Um, it's this conditional love. It's if you act like this, then I'll stay with you. Mm. Um, and then once we find out that this person is human and have flaws like us, then we don't want to be married anymore. I think we don't know how mm. to extend grace to the one that we decide to marry. And that's the God factor in marriage. But at the same time, once we learn how to extend grace, look, now we've married almost 13 years. Uh, I get on my wife's nerves. She get on my nerves sometimes. It's all good, but you know what? We learn how to extend grace to each other. Uh, we extend grace to each other, have makeup sex, and we keep it moving. <laughs> and you okay, Ryan? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Now the second part of that question would be that okay, it's not for everyone, and then a conventional marriage may not necessarily be for everyone either. So what are your views on unconventional marriages, things such as polygamy. Oh, my. There we go. I know so, coming. Uh, can you repeat that? I, uh, you said, because uh, I think you went out or something. I didn't hear you. Oh, my bad. My, my bad. Views on, on, on like, uh, non-conventional marriages and things mm-hmm. such as polygamy. And okay. Things that we- Oh uh, well, <laughs> uh, polygamy is is uh, I mean you know I'm not for it, um, and, and I mean even if you think about it, even you figure like in Bible day, because uh, people always say, well, there's a lot of polygamy in the Bible. Well, 
uh, those guys had money, uh, and they can t- take they can take care of all of them. I can uh, re- barely keep up with the one I'm married to. Uh, so polygamy is uh, kind of uh, <laughs> out of the question. But, I mean, even just from a moral perspective, you know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, one woman is enough for me. I mean, when you're talking about even from a mental perspective and just trying to uh, keep up with one woman and the different seasons of life and stuff like that. Because as we get older, times change. Uh, but, I mean, I'm I'm not for polygamy. I mean, I know some other uh, religions might be okay with that, but... Uh, I, I I wouldn't advise it if, if that answers your question. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I mean, I'm just the I'm of the people here. I'm 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 one of those people who are pro polygamy. Um, so so I figure I you see what Jeff stands for the subject was. Oh, okay. Can you can you can you share with um you know our listeners and of course. Um, Mr. Heineman, what it is that makes you pro polygamy? Well, I mean, from a standpoint of nation building, it, 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 it's much easier, you know, to build a nation with more members of your, of your immediate family. So, you know, if you, I mean, in this world, which is the real men and women work, if you got two wives and both of you go out to work and your other wives they own children, wow, things you can do with that extra income. Just look at the way you can teach your children and, and, and not have to depend upon the school system. Just look at the way you can, you know, this network within your own. And then if you have fourth wife, four wives, that's a lot. But, um, I mean, I'm not necessarily one that's, that's one side. You can even get another husband. That's just me personally. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't push my police on nobody else. I'm just very, you know, if it's good for one side, it got to be good for the other, you know, complement mm-hmm. each other. But um, but that's just me personally. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way I look at it. it and it has nothing to do with uh, whatever religious uh, path you choose to take because each mm-hmm. religion has polygamy within it and has had it. And, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Each is own. I just, you know, right. a lot of people like to just downplay it as always oh, wrong, as evil, as big, and this is all about sex. Nah, it's not about sex. Actually, sex is one of the last things that it is, it is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, no, I mean, I, I hear you. There's there's no judgment on my behalf. You know, I, I'm just listening to what you have to say. There's no judgment. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. No judgment. Um, when you, when you're doing uh, some of your, um, I don't know if you guys do workshops. You do workshops or? Yes, we do workshops. We do um, coaching, uh, speaking engagements, small groups, um, webinars, wh- whatever it takes. You know, we um, okay. We do whatever is kind of needed. So, yeah. So when you're doing the um, different. Uh, um, workshops or working with uh, groups and you're doing, because I'm still on the single um, ministry side, um, when you're doing these, have you found that in the more contemporary circles that you're dealing with questions kind of along the lines of that with the more um, alternative lifestyle concepts, you know, not always polygamy, but just some of the other things um, that the world has to offer um, and that's not 
um, as tabooed as it once was. Do you find yourself running um, into a lot of those types of questions now? Uh, yes, of course. Um, times have, you know, totally changed. Um, mm-hmm. We get a lot of questions about homosexuality. Uh, this was the first time I got a, I got one on polygamy, though. This was the first one I got, so that's, you know, so uh, I, I feel like I'm with uh, yeah, I feel like I'm maturing uh, because somebody just said, hey, let's talk about this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, polygamy was the first one, but I get a lot of stuff on homosexuality, uh, you know, the lesbian community and stuff like that. Uh, we get those. How do, you, how do you handle those questions as far as the, you know, same-sex marriages? Do you, um, and I don't want to say, um, do you go ahead and, you know, service those individuals the same as a traditional male-female relationship um, or do you step away from those? How do you how do you address those? Yeah. Um, well, let me first say um, there aren't too many people that, uh, especially when you're kind of in the, um, you know, Christian community or, or in the church, you don't really get too many people that's going to come out and just say, hey, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm homosexual. Um, but mm-hmm. there are questions, you know, so, and, and I know there are homosexual people in church and I, I understand that. Um, but I don't, I don't condone it. I don't say that, you know, homosexuality is, is, is okay, but I don't condemn anyone if they are. I mean, we, we live in a fallen world. I mean, um, you know, uh, seeing is seeing, we all got issues, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. there's no judgment, but my biggest thing coming to to the homosexual community is just loving them, just meeting them where they at, um, and and just like talking with them, just spending time with them, and no judgment. Uh, so it helps me get a better understanding of you know where did this come from, mm. um, and even with my wife, you know, talking to say a woman who might struggle with that or whatever. Because one thing I've learned as uh, being Christian is uh, we have to do less judgment and more love. Um, you know, there's no no judgment, but at the same time, I mean, I, I won't marry a homosexual couple, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do meet them where they're at, That's and I do like definitely. Judgment to me, Rev. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like more like choice. I mean, you have a choice in what you want to uh, do. So, so, <laughs> so messy all the time. Uh, yeah, there, yeah. There's my biggest thing is at the end of the day, man. Uh, you know, man, Christ died for us all, man. So I, I, I get that. Um, but again, I just like to meet people where they're at, um, and not have this judgment thing, man. Because we all have issues at the end of the day. Um, I'm not better than anyone else. You know, so uh, there's no judgment. I just feel like a lot of times you just want to meet people where they're at because eventually people end up opening up to you once they know you care. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Once people see that you care, uh, people will talk to you, man. I know a lot of people who might have been molested or raped or, uh, you know, these things. And until we spend time with people and getting to love them and, and doing life with people, just, you know, spending time with people, uh, those things come out. They say, you know, I was I was molested by my uncle, and it messed me up uh, as a young man. 
you know, I was nine, and, and you know, and I, I, I always thought being with another man was the, the way things are supposed to be, or another woman, you know, some girl touching another girl, and she just thought it was kind of normal because that happened to her on the regular. And these things come out over time. And once people see that you care, they're willing to say, you know what, man, let's let's confront it for what it is. Uh, and, and maybe I need help with this, you know? And, and so do you believe that there is the opportunity for someone who has lived as a gay person to be um, helped into being a straight person? Do you believe that that happens if that person is in some type of a ministry and that's possible? Um, yes. I mean, I mean, people, people change. I know it's not popular, you know, but, uh, people change. Um, you know, so there's, I mean, people change. I don't see anything wrong with someone saying, you know, I was, uh, homosexual or, or, you know, lesbian and I'm not that anymore. Um, because at the end of the, at the end of the day, it's, it's just a heart issue and it's something that, uh, we all need to address. You know, and, and like I said before, we all have issues. We all have hurts that we've dealt with, and uh, and we know these things bother us. But if we never confront them, we we will continue to live out whatever kind of lifestyle we're living, and we can potentially hurt other people in the process. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, uh, I I mean, a, example for me. Um, you know, I used to be out there as far as, you know, just messing around with women, doing drugs and all that crazy stuff. But because I didn't know who I was, I ended up leaving the trail to hurt women behind me. Mm-hmm. But until I was honest with myself that I needed some help, that I had abandonment issues, uh, you know, because I was birthed out of adultery. You know, my dad was married, and I was birthed out of adultery, so I had issues with abandonment Um and women and drugs made me feel good. So uh, in that process, I ended up hurting a lot of people for my own selfish desires. But until I was honest mm-hmm. enough with myself to say I need some help, I need to stop this destruction, uh, and I'm glad people took the time to just kind of hear me out. Because if not, who knows where I would have been today. Mm-hmm. Could have been Ron. Okay. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. No. Well, let me, ask, this. Let me that. ask this. That's funny. Have you ever come across a um an interfaith marriage? A what type marriage? A who? Like you know, like a like a Muslim and a Christian, a Christian and a Jew. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, man, you get that all the time. Uh Oh, five time. seconds ago, you ain't know what I was talking about. Now you get it. No, but you explain, <laughs> Ron. You know you no, have to explain stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I I get that. I get that. People uh, of different religions, they get married or whatever. Um, uh-huh. But I think the biggest struggle with that is is when 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 beliefs conflict. I, I mean, we we could be. I mean, my wife and I are both believers, right? We both Christian, but my wife and I, we still have conflict outside of religion, just life, just differences, just the way we grew up. So throwing in religion on top of all our differences, uh, that just makes your marriage that much tougher, man. I mean, uh, you know, my wife grew up 
um, you know, her mother raised her a certain way. My mom raised me a certain way. So there's always going to be conflict. But, man, when you throw religion on top of that and you have these conflicting beliefs, uh, it can tear a marriage apart. And I've seen people who divorced because majority of their time was their belief systems, and, and it, it became too much. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. So what's the, like, the the biggest between men and women or husband and wife beliefs? Like, what's the one thing that you, like, women differ from men on? Or is there one thing? Uh, I think I think the biggest thing is really this whole submission thing, man. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you come talking about... <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't think that's the biggest issue. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm, and the reason why I say that is because um, a lot of times people take the Bible out of context because they, they haven't been educated on it, so they kind of use that to uh, mm-hmm. Bible beat people. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's misusing the Bible for their own gain. Um, but... If people read their Bible, they understand submission is mutual. Uh, submission mm-hmm. is is a, is a two way street. I mean, hey, hey, let's let's talk about it. Uh, my wife is smarter than me when it comes to finances, right? But just because I'm the man in the house, don't mean that I'm gonna uh, say, well, I'm taking all the money because I'm the man and everything has to flow through me. No, my wife is smarter than me in a lot of areas. Matter of fact, she makes me look better than I really am. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've learned how to delegate that. So at the end of the day, people, oh, man, you guys are, I'm like, man, hey, I'm, I'm thankful for a wife that got some sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, and see, that's the point that I think people miss. But then again, we're talking about a lot of unions being put together when we dated for three months. So, yeah, you never explored each other enough to commit, you know. And, I mean, even even having dated and known each other and done premarital, premarital counseling and getting married, things happen. And it's, like you said, it's how much can you handle? How much are you willing to handle? How much forgiveness do you have? How What, what is the extent of your love? You know, and I think that is um, is the condition that we place on our love. Yep, I agree. And and once we find out that we're human, then we want a divorce uh, because we we put up this facade in front of everybody. I mean, hey, we all smile on our profile pictures on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we all got hangups, and uh, that's why the young lady was saying that she's who who had the question. She said she she liked to be who she is, and I'm like, that's good. Be that because it's going to eliminate a lot of people out of your life because they might they say. She's not the one for me, and that's cool. So uh, I tell people, just be you, and, you know, you'll be this okay. This struggle is real. <laughs> yeah, people right? Know that. This struggle is real. You know, you got me feeling <laughs> a certain kind of way because I ain't smiling in my Facebook picture. I yeah, you're okay. Nobody in your life. Nobody really looked at you any – I mean, one person, and, I mean, it doesn't matter what you got me feeling like a real loner, man. <laughs> Whatever. No, you have one person who that is one person, very thank you. That one I, person I, is I, ready I, for you to care. Not ready for how her. many smiles she could care how many smiles you don't have. She's got plenty of smiles for you. 
Um, come on, come on. We got company. Stop it. We got company. <laughs> I, I have um, a situation that I'm kind of dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's somebody that's interested in me, and we talk often, but the other um, the other night we were discussing something, and they told me that they did not believe in God, and it tore my nerves. Uh, I was like, you don't believe in who? Mm-hmm. Like they was like, I don't believe in anything. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I, I kind of stopped talking because the first thing in my mind when it comes to dating is that I, the first thing I want him to have is a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he has to go to church every single Sunday. I'm not saying right. any of that, but you need to have a relationship with him because it's not about going into the church. It's about the relationship, and he has right. no relationship with him. So I'm thinking, because that particular night, I was like, oh, I got I was going to church, and I was like, oh, I got to get my clothes out so I can go to church tomorrow. He was like, you go to church? I was like, yeah, I go to church. And mm-hmm. I was talking to my daughter, and I told her, I said, make sure you pull your money out, you know, for offering. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he didn't hear the offering part. He was like, why are you telling her to pull money out for church? Was y'all having a bake sale? He doesn't understand the concept of things. And it was tearing me up. I was like, I can't even continue a conversation with you because you don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. And that's the foundation of me because every morning I wake up and I thank God for waking mm-hmm. me up because this alarm clock didn't wake me up this morning. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm trying my best, and I, and I don't believe in changing people. I think people should change for themselves. Right. But it's it's tearing me up. Like I can't deal with this. Oh, oh no, <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. And, and and this is this is me. Uh, I, and I and I agree with you because even for like for my wife and I, uh, one of the reasons I did marry her, uh, and not to sound too religious, but the reason, one of the main reasons I married her because I seen her relationship with God. Um, and when I tell people that, I'm, I'm telling them as far as her respect towards the Word of God uh, uh, and, and the way she carried herself um, in integrity. You know, so because because this is the one thing I always tell singles before they get married, and everybody has to make their own decisions. But if you aren't accountable to anyone, that's a scary place. Uh, not being accountable to anyone, I mean, so if you go upside your head, who is he accountable to? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my biggest thing is, and I, I tell singles this a lot of times, if he isn't accountable or she isn't accountable to anyone, to me, that's a red flag uh, because even for me, I mean, I'm, I'm accountable to God first, then my wife. Um, so I'm not going to do anything stupid to jeopardize my marriage because I'm accountable to God first. Um, and I think that's the problem. What happens with a lot of singles is once they get, once they go into marriage, they think that uh, this person is going to be my everything. And once they find out, that they have flaws just like you, and like I say, they want a divorce because to, to put that kind of responsibility on one person is not fair for you to be 
accountable uh, for my happiness. Um, that that's that's scary because nobody can carry that. Nobody can make you happy twenty four seven. It's it's just not feasible. So, um, for me to be content in God and my personal relationship with Him, uh, my wife don't always have to make me happy. That's not her job. She she contributes, but that's not her job. Because if that's the case, we'll be divorced already. Uh, so that, and, but that's my thing. My my thing is uh, being accountable to God. And if that's the case, then that person will have a reverence in that personal relationship where he's not just going to do anything to you because he's accountable to God first. So anyone who isn't accountable to me, that's a scary place. I've seen too many people in abusive relationships. Uh, even people that in their community, like they, they weren't accountable to no one, like a brother or a cousin or father. Wow, this person has nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just from listening, and I'm a listener. I'll listen to somebody talk about anything, and I mean, not no real relationship with parents, no relationships with their siblings. Um, we were talking about, well, what if you want to meet my friends? It's like I really don't care to meet your friends. What? Why wouldn't you want to meet my friends? They're part of my world. They help mold this crazy person that I am. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to meet anybody else. And then it's like I see my parents every week, every week. There's not a week unless I'm out of town. I see my parents every weekend. There's no way you can change that. I mean, wow. yeah, if we had our own family, you, we would still see my parents. We're going mm-hmm. to see my mama. Like, it, mm-hmm. there's no if and us about it unless we live in a different state. But it's crazy because I can't see myself. I, I mean, I'm trying to be a friend at this point. Like, now I just can only be your friend. I can't be your girlfriend. I can't be, like, I'm not even interested at all. Mm-hmm. And it's very, that's why I tell people, like, this, this dating struggle is real. And plus, mm-hmm. I write a blog about being single and ready to mingle, so I'm trying to date, and it's not happening because this is stuff I get to deal with. But yeah. that's how it's a mess. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a I have a bunch of content and stuff as far as uh, relationships and stuff like that. So, uh, and I usually post it on social media, but uh, yeah, that can be a scary place, and I would. Um, Tread very lightly when it comes to that because uh, marriage is real uh, and there will mm-hmm. be fallouts. Stuff happens. So when you go into marriage, you you want to have the at least amount of baggage <laughs> available. Uh, you know, you don't want to carry all this stuff down to the altar with you and then get married and all these issues. You know. Yeah. So. Okay, I have a question on the flip side of things <laughs> with marriage. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I know, I know, I know, and I'm trying to be very understanding. Well, I'm just glad you flipped it. I'm ready to get into the marriage questions, and so we're gonna go ahead and let Imaj roll with the questions. Okay, so I have like so many married friends, and I love my married friends. But lately, a lot of them, and some of them have been married, one has three years, 
um, eight years um, and five years. And they've reached that slump already of you used to do this when we were dating. Now you don't do it no more. Mm-hmm. So how do they get out of that slump at this point? And it's been five years? Um, one has been three. One has been it's, – it's different relationships. One has been married for three years. One has been married for five years. And one has been married for, I think, eight years. Mm-hmm. And do they all have kids? Um, the one that's been married for three years, they have a child. She is – I think she's younger She's like three or four. Um, the five years, they actually have two kids, and they have another kid coming, but they're they're just having a whole other slump at this point. Um, and the other one, it's been eight years, they have no kids at all. They have, they're have they a blended family, but mm-hmm. they don't have any kids together. The oldest, the, the only child is, what, 17? Mm-hmm. Oh. So... So there's no um, little kids in that situation. And the only reason why I ask that is because sometimes kids, because when you do have younger kids, uh, they just take a mm-hmm. lot of your time because they, you know, they they need your help. Uh, and a lot of times, the first thing that go out of the window is the sex, right? Because you know you got these kids and they're crying and you got, you know. So uh, that's why I ask that question. But I mean, there's ways that you could spice up your marriage, and I always tell people, you know, get away. Take a little mini vacation, even if it's a staycation. You know, get away from familiarity, uh, just always being in the house. Um, you know, go and rent a, a hotel room or something like that. Get away for three days, you know. Um, just you and your spouse, uh, that helps differently. Environments play huge. You know, go go have sex somewhere else. Don't have sex just in your bedroom. Go have sex in the kitchen or something. I don't know. Do something different. You know, uh, and, and that breaks up the monotony. Uh, because I mean, think about it. You married, hey, you married, and this is it. You with this one person, this is it. Uh, so you might as well make it work, right? You know, um, put on a wig or something. I don't know, but uh, handcuffs, whips and chains. I don't know, whatever. You know, that whole thing, whatever floats your boat. Uh, but it has to be. Uh, you know, you have to spice it up, um, you know, because, again, this is – this is it's easy to impress a bunch of different women or, you know, but try impressing one person for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, that's huge. That's a game changer. Um, so when you're with this person you know, and, and talk about it, tell, tell your spouse, hey, what can we do? What do you like? Um, have these conversations. What do you like? Uh, or what do you think we should be doing? Uh, and my wife and I, we have those talks sometimes. Uh, sometimes I even ask her, I say, hey, uh, where am I at right now as your husband? Do I suck? Um, and, and I have to <laughs> let her be honest with me. You know, do I suck at your I mean, we, we'll go on a date and we'll talk. And I'll say, how am I doing as your husband right now? Because I understand we're doing all this stuff. we got ministry business. Uh, and being a full-time entrepreneur, you know, that, that can take a lot of your time. Uh, so okay. I ask, yeah, so just ask those questions. Be open with 
uh, letting your spouse be receptive because if you don't ask those questions, you will never know, and you will just assume that the marriage is okay. All right. So I want to get into, again, um, some of the general stuff about the married side of this. Um, and you said in your explanations to Imaj, you said something about, well, since you are stuck with each other for life, you know, make it work. And that takes me to the question of this covenant that you make when you say I do and that it can be bruised but not broken. Um, And I think that that's one of the discussions that's not had enough when, you know, people enter into a religious marriage, you know, um, I don't think they discuss this enough, um, that when you say all of those things, because one of the questions that I kind of have running right now is what's the one thing a marriage can never recover from, but there isn't supposed to ever be one. Right. Because there is this covenant that says forever. Mm-hmm. And that means that it takes on anything. And, um, you know, we're in a society where, we can say, oh, forever, but until I get tired of that. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what you tell a couple that has come to that point where it's that one thing. It's mm-hmm. that abandonment. He abandoned us. She abandoned us. Or it's that cheating moment. He cheated or she cheated. Or mm-hmm. it's the financial ruin, you know, took all of the life savings and spent it. Um, what is that? What What do you do in in, in a ministry to help a couple, you know, recover? I mean, down to um, crimes that put people, you know, either a spouse in jail or um, a violation of trust, whether that's cheating outside of the home or you know, incest or, or molesting a child. You know, how mm-hmm. how do you tell a couple? That this covenant cannot be broken. So, so how do we repair it? Is what we need to discuss. How do you how do you go forward with that? Yeah, yeah, and that that could be kind of tough because for me, I'm always for the marriage. Uh, if God hates divorce, I hate it too. Um, but at the same time, I do understand that we do have limitations. Um, there, there was a quote one time that I, I heard from. Uh, you ever seen the movie uh, Safe House with Denzel Washington? Mm, yes, sir. Yeah, but there's a scene in this movie, and I always tell people this. Denzel Washington is talking to one of these guys, and he says he's this guy's talking about his wife, and he's ready to leave. Uh, she's ready to leave her husband, and Denzel Washington says, "You know, too much sacrifice makes a stony heart." And when I heard that, I was like, wow, I was like, that's powerful because uh, there can be too much sacrifice um, on behalf of one spouse where, you know, they're dealing with the multiple times of cheating or, or just dumb decisions, you know. Um, so I, I, I'm for marriage. I'm always for keeping the marriage, but I do believe that there can become a breaking point. Even though covenants, when you talk about covenants, um, covenants are serious. Um, mm-hmm. Covenants are serious business. Covenants are, you know, you broke covenant, I got the right to kill you. That's how serious covenants were back then. 
that, you know, they, they would cut these animals in half and they would walk in between these animals, and that shows the sign of a covenant and sacrifice. In other words, something had to die in order for us to live. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree that I believe marriages, people should stay married, but I do believe we all have breaking points, but that's why it's so important that we uh, have these discussions mm-hmm. Um Throughout the times of our marriage, and like I alluded to earlier, I always ask my wife, how am I doing now? You know, Or I ask her, where are you? Because we can be together, but not together. You know what I'm saying? And, and what I'm saying by that is she can be somewhere else mentally. She might be dealing with something. But if we don't address these things, uh, she can leave. You know, she mm-hmm. could just decide to leave one day. I read a book called The Walkout Woman. And he talked about how a lot of women, uh, they always supporting their husbands and stuff like that, and they put their dreams on the back burner because they're trying to be a helpmeet and all this other stuff. Uh, and they just feel pressure to, to perform at a high level all the time because they're married to Mr. Such-and-Such, you know. Right. But I think we should uh, always have a pulse on our marriage because it's when we don't ask those questions, that's when – you get the letter on the table, wife saying, I'm gone, I'm finished. You've made way too many dumb decisions, uh, or you've done this or you've done that, or she done this or done that. And that's what leads to a divorce because we have no idea where our spouse is. We're living in the same house, but really don't know where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we have these difficult situations like, uh, you know, when you're dealing with, uh, a molestation or something like that. And now that's different. Uh, I believe that you should separate your spouse because you're putting people in danger. I feel like when you're putting people in danger, like if you're cheating on your spouse, you're putting them in danger. Mm-hmm. Because you can be bringing home something that's that, that wasn't there before. All right. So uh, I'm definitely believing covenants, but at the same time, I think we still should be very uh, – thoughtful before we divorce because when we divorce there's a tearing apart because people say I'm happily divorced but man there's a there's a tearing apart uh and it only don't affect you but it affects the kids and uh it affects mm-hmm. your friends family mhm okay okay mm-hmm. um, I mean cuz that's one of the I think that I think that is one of the umbrella topics when we talk marriage um, is that. And I think it doesn't get discussed enough um, when I when I listen to friends, you know, and I listen to and I go to weddings and I hear what they're saying when they're saying I do. And all they're just trying to remember is to get to the part where they say I do. And I talk the pastor out of saying um Submit, you know, and I'm thinking, sweetheart, you you have signed on for some more, you know, um, serious than just a mission. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You have getting into something that's so much more than that. And I, I listen to just in general how just socially and acceptable it is to say, shoot, if my husband did that, I'll be gone. Um, but then you already make this covenant and I just think if everybody understood um, what that means that it wouldn't be so easy for us to make those statements you know 
Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you don't want to scare people off from getting married, but you do want people to understand, you know, what they're signing on for. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I try to help singles understand that, and I think that's why, that's a lot of times why we do marriage preparation. And um, I was even, my wife and I was talking the other day, talking about doing, like, even, like, pre-engagement coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. do pre-engagement. Like, before you even buy a ring, uh, I mean, I, I know people who, you know, they they hey. people that bought her, you know, women. She'd been proposed to three or four times. Uh, you know, that's my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and I and I tell people, I'm like, man, you know, you you Lord of the Rings. I mean, you know, there's so many. You know, <laughs> Everybody is, you know, proposing to you. You got all these rings on your finger, right? And it never follows through. Uh, but I, I believe even in pre-engagement coaching. You know, before you buy the ring, uh, let's let's consider some things. And again, I, I always believe in hitting those tough questions. Uh, you know, how was you and your mom and your dad relationship? Did you have a dad growing up? Uh, you know, were you touched inappropriately? Because you have people in the church who uh, they want to get married just so sex won't be a sin. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're in a rush to get married. I met that guy. Uh, yeah. I, know him. I got a friend like that right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, he just got, I think he's been married, church wedding, four. Four in like the last yeah like four in the last ten years because he likes her. Oh, hey, you can't have sex until we get married, and so they got married, so they got sex, and then it didn't work out, so they got divorced, and then he did yeah. it again, and then he did it again. You know, it's like wow, how many times did you have? And it was good with it because we were married. I didn't have sex before marriage. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's unfortunate, and. and and to be honest with you, it happens in the church a lot of times. It happens. People are like, well, at least, uh, you know, the sex that I have now is, is, is beautiful in the eyes of God now because we marry, right? And I get that. But at the same time, I tell people, after those five minutes, you still got 23 hours and 55 minutes to live with this person. Uh, right. You'll find out. <laughs> you'll find out Ron, that there's so much that? more. Listen, I'm I could sleep for seven to eight of Right, right. What do you think them other 23 hours and 55 minutes is for? 
man, you know that's that's a good question, but that's why these that's why asking these questions um before you say I do is so vital. Uh that's why asking these questions, you know, how do you feel about kids? Uh do we discipline kids? How do you feel about this? That's why these things are important because um this can be a serious issue because there are some women that's like Hey, uh, I'll go back to work in six months. But then there are other women that might say, no, I do want to stay at home for two years. And, again, I think that comes down to key communication uh, ahead of time because this can really destroy a relationship when you when, when this happens. You know, she's pregnant, and now, you know, this problem comes up. But I think that's important that you address that ahead of time because then you know who you're dealing with. She might say, hey, I want to be a stay-at-home mom until he's 18. And, uh, well, you need to marry somebody who can support that lifestyle. Uh, You know, he he might only make $4 an hour. I think with Ron, I mean, the Ron that I know, that would be. Please, 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 don't do this. Don't do this. I'm just just saying, the Ron that I know, it would be like, hello, my name is Ron. Uh, you got to go to work every day. I mean, I think it would already be established. You wouldn't even have that issue. Okay. I'm not mad you said that. You got damn right. I got to wake up in the morning. Wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let me ask this. Well, let me let me ask the ladies this then, since we're on this topic. How do you feel about, I don't know if you have kids or not, but how do you feel about being a stay-at-home mom? Or do you prefer to work? Because... I know today's woman uh, prefer to work, and, and I've done a survey asking women about that. Like, would you prefer to stay at home and work? And a lot of women I talk to, they like, no, nah, I'd rather be at work because to be at home with a kid all day, um, <laughs> your child, that's like too much for them. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's like too me, much for let them. Let me just jump out here, and um, I've been in both worlds. Um, okay. With my with my oldest, um, I got to I was finishing up uh, college, so I was in school, so I wasn't working at all. Um, and so days I had class, I went to school, but days I didn't, I was home. And it was okay because I had something to do with my my time. But uh, years later, um, family, kids, bills, mortgage, all of this stuff. I have my child, and I said, all right, got this how many ever weeks of paid leave, and when that stops, I go back to work. And it was okay um, because, I mean, it's empowering. Um, you you do need um, some balance. I think, again, it depends on the, the woman, you know, what her belief system is. You know, we were I think we all kind of shared that fairy tale dream that you don't work. The man goes out and he takes care of home and the leave it to be for kind of family. We probably all kind of saw that. But then we also lived in a real world where when we turn the TV off, mom was either coming home or saying go to bed because she, she has to get up in the morning. I mean, you saw the reality that all women didn't get to do that. Um, so for me, I did both, and I preferred spending that um first few weeks at home with my child and bonding and doing all that and knowing that now I have to arrange what's life like when I go back to work. So that was my thing. But my work is everybody else's kids. So 
I wasn't escaping kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, because I know a lot of a lot of women they do prefer to be at work, uh, and then even to be at home. Because, uh, and, and I'm for both. I just think whatever works best for that family. Um, because when you having that difference, man, they can be some resentment for real. Um, mm-hmm. Because he might be looking at her like. You know, you at home all day, you ain't doing nothing, you know, and all this other stuff. And she's like, I'm taking care of the child. And he's like, yeah, but the baby's going to sleep for 12 hours. You know what I'm saying? So it can be different kind of issues going on, but you definitely have to be on the same page. Um, and it happens. I have to say that conversation happened, too. I had that conversation. <laughs> and, again, mm-hmm. it's like you said, it's a conversation. But it was one of those things where I had to say, okay, sweetheart, come in, sit right here. we got to talk because <laughs> we got to <laughs> talk about the course of my day. So that you don't come in here like that tomorrow. <laughs> we can't do that again, you know. And it, I mean, it was all in delivery. You don't, you know, we didn't yell about it, but it had to be understood, you know. Um, this is what a whole day looks like when I'm at home, you know, and you're doing the whole nine because, you know, you, you're going from the time that that kid wakes up getting the other kid out, whatever mm-hmm. has to be done for the home to run, you know, so it's not a vacation either. Right. And I think both parties have, have to have that communication and, and understanding. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know what I think? A lot of men lose sight of is that, okay, let's say I did go to work. You know how much it would cost to replace what I do? Mm-hmm. Like the amount to replace child care, the amount to replace uh, uh, transportation, the things of that nature. Mm-hmm. If sometimes it don't make sense for one party to go to work because right. of the amount mm-hmm. you can you can save. Mm-hmm. I mean, just up here, you are pay at least three hundred dollars a week, at least three hundred dollars a week for child care. Jeez. And so, so that's now. Let's say you make a minimum wage, you may not bring home three hundred thousand. Right. Especially once you put in lunch and transportation and incidental money. You start saying, "Damn, mm-hmm. she she's home." Then it is to go to work. So, so I mean, mm-hmm. these things unfortunately got to be factored into the decisions. But also, when you stay home, then you got to do the stay home thing. You can't be a stay home mother and your husband is buying lunch at work. Like, nah, nah, nah. You got to make that man something to eat. Stop playing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't be a stay-at-home mother and y'all are, are doing certain things that can be done in-house. Or, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You can't be a, a, a go-to-work father and then after the work, go out to the bar. Like, nah, that money got somewhere to go, homie. You can't, you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't blow that. So, yeah. I mean, it can be done, but both parties got to stick to the line. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you you know, back to what you said, you have a discussion, you know. Mm -hmm. And you have to be mature. That's something you have to be talking about, you know, how does this look financially, which is another conversation that doesn't get had very often um, before and during marriage, you know, is financial conversation. We just walk in and say, yeah, we got money. Let's go do this. And we don't. We don't have it like that. Or we don't have a plan for it. (laughs) Right, because I think that's a big issue uh, and during in the marriage preparation stages. <clears throat> a lot of times it's like, uh, you know, 
everybody got on these rose colored glasses and love is all we need to get by. Uh and you're just like <laughs> Hey, wait, wait. <laughs> like, Are really? you trying to say something about my music? Wait a minute, I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> I like this song. I, was I, I, I like this song. singing my little heart out during that song. Okay. Uh, that's no. my jam. <laughs> uh, no, I, I like the Marvin Gaye version. I like the Method Man version. It's all good. I, I like it all, right? Uh, <laughs> I like it all. But everybody, it seems like that happens a lot of times. People got on these rose-colored glasses, and they like, that's all we need. And uh, we, we haven't talked about credit score, uh, none of that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, you can and, and the new best friend. And your credit score and your um, financial aid that you ain't paid back yet? Uh-uh. Nope. Mm-hmm. You got well, that's Ron's favorite conversation. That is Ron's favorite conversation. And he's right. You know, he says that's one of the ones that, that's not had often. But that's one of his first things that he always says about, even as a race, one of the things we need to take care of is our financial portfolio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm in the wrong business for you not to talk to me about that because that's what I do all day long. So <laughs> if you can't pay your bills, yeah. don't talk to me. Yeah, I know that's yeah. right. Yeah, let's let's talk about that credit. Let's talk about uh, uh let's talk about your record. You know, I mean, we got mm-hmm. brothers who who've been locked up and they can't get a job or they are very limited in their resources because they have something on their record and she's just in love with him. Uh, and then they get married, and then she's mad because he only make a minimum wage. I'm like, well, you knew that before you got married. That's why we have premarital counseling. That's why we have these things because pre-engagement uh, counseling. I'm all for it. Pre-engagement, yeah, pre-engagement. Gotta have it. Because uh, have you ever have you ever had to um, kind of say that you don't recommend a couple move forward? <clears throat> you know. Um, because of all of those things that they never talked about and they came out during one of your counseling sessions or, or you just saw it was not a compatibility thing going on here and, and you saw it, you know, did you, have you ever recommended that maybe they just kind of chuck up the deuces? <laughs> yeah, and and it's just a recommendation, uh, but people get mad at you. Like, you know, people talk about you like, you don't care about me. And I'm like, no, we do care. Uh, I, I, and to be honest with you, it's like, so so you think I'm going to lose some sleep? You think I'm hating on you because I told you not to get married? I'm like, I'm going to go home and go to sleep. You're going to have to deal with this bozo for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's because I care. Uh, you get people who get married, and then uh, you knew he was paying child support when y'all was dating, and now you mad at the baby mama because she's taking half of his paycheck. And I'm like, but you knew that before you got married. You know, n- now all of a sudden the baby mother is the bad person. But I'm like, those let you those situations let you know that you don't have to get married. You don't have to. Because you might say that's too much for me. You know, I, I can't handle mm-hmm. $250 coming out of this check biweekly uh, because mm-hmm. that's going to hurt us financially. Um, and, and the baby's only two, and we got 16 more years of paying this child support. Uh, it's okay to walk away from that. I mean, you know, as far as saying I don't think that's going to work, it's okay. 
um, and, and have those standards. You know, say these are some deal breakers. These are some things I'm not, I not tell singles this all the time. Write down your 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 what I can deal with and what I can't deal with, and you stick with that. Uh, and until then, you know, well, I can't find nobody. Okay, well, just 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 hold on because he'll come. But you got to have some standards because if not. The, the the first guy that's smiling that got a, a a job, I mean, you know, and people who even get engaged, I'm like, just because he proposed, don't mean you should say yes. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. so what he proposed to you? I don't mean he say yes. Well, we was in front of everybody, so <laughs> I don't care. It hurt his feelings, so mm-hmm. you know, whatever. He'll live. And then right. do you feel? Um, Oh, wait, I'll I'll let you speak, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you, you know. (laughs) Actually, no, ladies first. (laughs) Actually, no, please. Okay, well, I will because you call me a lady instead of the other things you call me sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was just wondering, well, um, in your... How big a role does sex play in the conversation when you are doing the um, premarital counseling? Do you ask them not to have sex? Do you? I mean, or is that one of those antiquated ideas? Because the time we period we're in is kind of taboo. You know they're going to have sex, so you include it in the ministry for right now. Um. <laughs> and this is why a lot of people um, they, they they aren't okay with us uh, because people call us antiquated, you know. And I'm like, that's cool, you know. I'm not old school; I'm just Bible, you know. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, when we talking, I always ask them, "Have you guys already had sex?" And my wife and I we just ask because mm-hmm. it ain't that it ain't that we're trying to be all in your personal business. I'm trying to see so that way I know if your judgment is if your discernment is thrown off. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you already have sex with somebody and you tell them not to get married, you might as well forget it. They, they, <laughs> Their vision is already clouded. Their mind is already made up. She's like, you don't know what he did to me last night. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, again, sex is not going to keep your marriage. I don't care how good the sex is. If he can't pay no bills, We'll yeah, right. can't pay no bills. We <laughs> can't have things outside every night. Mm-mm, we got to have a house. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, y'all sleeping in a cardboard box, and, and, and you know, mm-hmm. no, 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 pay some bills. Uh, you know, generate mm-hmm. some income, do something. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a full time entrepreneur. If I could, if I can make money, he can make money too. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. premarital sex, and, and I always talk about that, and I know. In today's day and age, things does seem uh, that seems old school, but I'm like, no, I'm all for it. I married my wife in six months. We didn't have sex, you know, um, and I didn't know her at all. I mean, we met, we dated for three months. I went and proposed to her. We, we went to premarital counseling for the other three months. Got married. Here we are, almost 13 years later. So, uh, oh, well, it does work for some people. Yeah, and I tell people that some I tell people one of the main reasons 
I, I married my wife is because she was the first woman to ever tell me no. <laughs> and, and I ain't trying to say that I'm all that or anything, but she was the first woman that ever told me no. So when she told me no, I was like, I like her. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You tell me I gotta. You, you gotta. I mean, I gotta work for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, women have told me no all my life. I guess that's why I ain't married. So I guess the first one that tells you no, yes, it's different. Marry it's different when they're saying no. It's different when they they're saying no, and you can continue to talk to them than when they're screaming no and running away. That's different, Rob. Yours is not the same. As this. It's all about perception. It's all about perception. I'm, I'm just saying. I was standing off distance. I saw it happen. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Thought, all right. So let me ask you this. Hmm? So. You know how they like, um, like in, in, in scientific journals and medical journals, they say if you got ten symptoms and if you got seven of these ten symptoms and you have that disease or what have you, right? Mm-hmm. Could that be like a way to gauge whether you should marry somebody? Like you got ten things on your list. I'm not saying what seven or what eight or what whatever number it is you come up with. Does it have to be a specific thing? Like, does it have to be all the first seven, or could it be, you know, any one of these seven of any of these ten? If you understand what uh, I'm saying. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, it don't have to be all ten. I mean, because if that's the case, because I, I tell singles, don't don't make this list and you not putting this stuff out, you know, because because people make these lists and. The stuff they're that not they want. It to the table. Yeah, they're not bringing it. She, I want a man with an 850 credit score. He needs to make 75000 a year. Uh, he, You know, and I'm like, okay, so what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, he he, he needs to have a six-pack, and you don't work out. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All these, these, these requests. So my biggest thing is you don't need to have all 10 because none of us are perfect. I just think there are certain things that – uh, that you know these are deal breakers. Because you might say, I don't want to marry a woman that have kids. And I then, just know that. But, but if you have kids, how could you say that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, right. you know, no, if she has kids, y'all both have kids, then that's something that you can be like, you know what, yeah, well, I have kids too. Um, so that's really not a deal breaker. But if but you she got, got those... bad kids, though. She, what if she got real, real <laughs> bad kids? <laughs> They will remind him of himself. They will remind him of how he was as a youth. He gets it. He could probably be the breakthrough guy. They're like, hey, I was like that. Let me talk to you. Uh-uh, it's not going to work out well. Nope. I don't like That's that. Ron was an angel. <laughs> now I'm saying sometimes you be meeting people, you be like, yo, you are perfect. You are perfect. Let's get away from each other with your badass kids. Like, no, I don't want nothing to do with you. And I agree with you. I agree with you, Ron, because I, you know, because uh, my wife was a single parent for 18 years before, you know, she, I mean, she was a single parent for 12 years before we got married, you know. Um, but her, her son, he wasn't bad. You know what I'm saying? She had all her ducks in a row. And um, <clears throat> that was 
because I didn't want to marry a woman with kids. I was like, oh, man, I don't have any. Not that, like, I was a virgin. It's just that I didn't get caught. Um, it's just that I, I knew she was the one I was supposed to marry. And uh, in this process, man, it took us really about five years for us to really gel as a family, um, having a you know blended family and stuff like that, because that, that's a process within itself. Uh, but once we start hitting on all cylinders, man, we were good, man. Uh, people even say he looked like me, but I always tell people that's what happens when you feed them and buy them clothes and, and stuff like yep. that. They start looking like you. But I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You done, Ron? Yeah, you, you done screening your women? You done? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm not necessarily done, but, you know, I, I don't know if I want to, you know, I know you're screening. Go ahead. We we're enjoying it. We we're enjoying listening to the type of women that you date. Yeah, I know there's well, actually some some uh, uh, good questions, man. There's actually some good questions that uh that's something uh worth blogging about or or even further discussion, man. I think that's that's good, especially with the uh, you know, do I stay at home or do I work? I think that's a, a big one that people overlook I all the time. I that one. See, but that's, see, but those two things can fit in the same time and space. You can stay home and work. Well, you know what I mean? That's, that's not necessarily it. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's right. not an indoor thing. You know what I mean? So if somebody says, do you stay home or you work, that lets you know off back what kind of person you're talking to. You're doing mm-hmm. to a person who has no idea that you can actually do both. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know or what I mean? you're so, talking I mean, to a traditionalist, and they don't even engage in that whole entrepreneurial thought process. Same tomato, tomato. And, and, may, and, and maybe if introduced, they're like, hey, I want to do that. You never know. You know, you, that's mm-hmm. why you have to have those discussions. Because you might right. get that person and say, did you know that you can work at home? And they're like, what? I want to do that, mm-hmm. and the whole world changes. Did yeah, you know you can't that you can spill palm olive in the supermarket and slip on it and get a two hundred thousand dollar check? <laughs> oh my bad, did I say that out loud? My bad. <laughs> you did. You absolutely did. And it's important. So yeah, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, oh wow, that's funny. <laughs> that's my life. I work from home every single day, um, and I'm here. Yes, and I have a, I have a and we appreciate you being here. Yes, because I'm because I have entertainment. She makes it sound like she had a survivor of the Holocaust or something. Yes, I'm so boring because I'm here all day by myself. I'm here all day by myself. I need little things to entertain me, so I have you all to entertain me often. So yeah. And it gets boring, and then my daughter comes home from school, and she terrorizes me for about an hour, and then I say, hey, i got to get back to work. And she goes about her business. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, okay, I, I, I so, work. I'm sorry. No, oh, no, I was just saying because. I want cause... you to go ahead and we're not going to do that again. Go ahead. I'm going I'm to be quiet. Go ahead. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was just saying, like, you know, just working from home and stuff like that. Like you say, when people don't know about that, uh, it's like a light bulb that goes off. I mean, because, uh, I mean, I have a social media marketing business, and I work from home. 
you know, I, I make my own schedule. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong, you know, with working at home. And a lot of people don't know that, uh, even still in 2014. <laughs> a lot of people don't have that discipline either. Right. They need that structure. You got to have, because you got to tell yourself, well, just because I don't have to put clothes on, don't mean I don't have to put hours worth of working or 10 hours worth of working. I still got to put that amount of effort in, even though I'm looking like I ain't washed in three days. <laughs> well, I wash every day. You, and you would know what that looks like, wouldn't you, Ron? You do. You have a, I'm you saying, know what that looks like, Just because you look like that don't mean you ain't do it. You see, you see how they always take things to the, to the I left, I'm just saying, I bet you do. <laughs> always. Okay. And so, uh, Miss. Mr. Mr. Heinemann, I want you to go ahead and take these last few minutes to kind of uh, tell Mr. us where. Mr. Heinemann, trying to respectful now, Mr. Heinemann. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's been all night. I want I want you to go ahead and take these last few minutes to tell us um, the website, um, where to find your books, how to um, follow you. Yes. Um, yeah. On, on Facebook, you can find me at uh, Sean Heinemann. Uh, <clears throat> You know, my name is spelled S-H-O-N, uh, Heinemann, uh, H-Y-N-E-M-A-N. You can find me there on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at the same name, uh, Sean Heinemann. And you can also like our Facebook page. We actually have uh, three of them. I have so many different things going on. Um, I have a Dr. Love show that you can like us for our podcast on Facebook. Uh, we have Never Again Ministries on Facebook. And we also have my business uh, Cairo Social Media Marketing. You can like us all on there. So uh, that's pretty much where I'm at. Um, I'm a big Snapchat fan, so uh, I'm on Snapchat as well, Sean Heineman. Uh And the website is neveragainministries.com. That's what's up. All right. <clears throat> and we're going to get him to post those things on my page in case you want to um, – grab those off my page and go and follow and support. <clears throat> we want to thank you again so much for sharing your wisdom and for putting up uh, with Ron's unwisdom. Um, <laughs> Ron's cool. It, it takes, I'm cool. Yeah, Ron cool. Thank you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> and we, and, and I, I thank you for participating in that. We tell him that every Wednesday night so that he goes to bed feeling good about himself because we're about, yeah, you know. But every Thursday to check bounce. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, you get you overtime. Didn't work hard enough. You get overtime today. Overtime. You're not getting some over. Pent over. <laughs> good Lord. You have to talk, you have to, talk to HR about that. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, um, thank you all. And um, and you and you have a and please have a look at some of the things um on my page because I I kind of throw questions out there while we're um on the show and so I kind of did a survey about you know should dating lead to marriage and that was interesting to see how many yeses and noes and then I asked what's the one thing a marriage can never recover from and that's that whole covenant question and I just want to see what people what people thought where their heads were at in, in this time. Because I think if I had asked that question 50 years ago, it wouldn't be a lot of people that would respond that same way. So, mm-hmm. I agree. Wait, let me ask but, one quick question before we go. Where yes, do you fall on separate vacations? 
Oh, oh my God! Here we go. <laughs> you you said separate vacations? Yes, sir. What do you mean, like as far as like wife going somewhere and then? I mean, you can take a family vacation. You can, of course take a family vacation and y'all take your own, you know, for romantic things. But then he takes one with the boys, and then she takes one with the girls. Oh, um, like a mancation. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? It all depends on if there's trust. Um, I always tell married folks, man, it, you know, never give your wife a reason not to trust you. If she don't trust you, then you can't go nowhere. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> only people who have that trust uh, maybe can take a, a a little mini staycation or something. I don't know if there's trust, but if there's no trust, then you just gotta stay at home. Could you do it? I wish that he had finished. I wish that he had finished that question because he has a little. Uh, asterisk. There's a, a little bitty note at the bottom of that question that just says don't worry about something don't worry about, about what happens on another. What is it? Was it? Was it in another country? What, what did you say? What was the thing you said? What was the thing? Was I it said it's claim? twelve o'clock. Isn't it twelve o'clock? Oh. No, we no, didn't overtime the night. Remember? <laughs> you don't want to tell him that part. You don't want to tell him that part. HR is already signed up on the overtime. He doesn't want to tell you that part because that takes that whole trust thing that you were saying out the window. Oh, okay. <laughs> it doesn't take out the window. Listen, I'm not saying oh. that you have to leave the country and go be, you know, a debaucherer. That's not what I'm saying. But what, is, what, is what I am saying, if it does happen to happen by accident, that, that don't happen on accident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Finish it. Finish that then, goal. Yeah. Finish it. Then, then it does not come back into the country with you. Like it's, you know, it's like something that you ain't supposed to bring, like fruit that you're supposed to bring back from Guatemala or something like that. You're not so, supposed to bring fruit back from Mexico. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so it's only cheating if it's domestic. Wow. <laughs> he just gave him, a, gave him a phrasing. Oh my God! <laughs> it's only cheating if it's domestic. That and that is the sound bite for the night. And that, <laughs> that, came from that, the sounds, that sounds that about right. I kind of like that. Well, that, that did, came that's a from question. The <laughs> well, well, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying. Oh, no, you oh, did already. Saying. Too late. Too late. That's oh no, I'm not saying that. No, don't don't fool me on that one. I ain't say that. I'm just saying that. That's what. Oh, that's what you're saying. Like it's only it's you know it's only cheating if it's domestic. I'm like no, like no, uh, uh, you know, God can see in other countries too. Um, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Yeah, but me and God can deal with that when me and God get up. It's the, it's the wife you got to worry about. <laughs> uh, 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 God is not going to say that's okay for you to do. Oh, Listen, my man, God. If it's, a scale, oh, if it's a scale, trust me, that little, you know what I'm saying, little thing no, with Carolina no. Brazil ain't to play If it's a scale, if it's a scale, hey, you know what, Ron? You need to live the rest of your life wondering if God has that list. And if you have like five out of ten or seven out of ten, mm-hmm. yeah, you need to think about that. I'm already gotta... secure with what route I'm heading. I already um, know okay. that. Listen, man. Listen, I already okay. know what it is. When because you got a lot of X's on your list out of ten, and I don't know if you're gonna get that whole whatever that right percentage is because. 
It's not looking good. That's all I'm saying. Don't start. Don't start. Don't start. See, okay, well, we have, nice we, have, we have exceeded showtime. Shut up, Ron. We've, we've exceeded. We, we are over. And I'm not paying thank for you. any minutes of recorded time. Sorry. So we want to thank you very, very kindly, Mr. Heinemann, for being on our show and providing us with some wonderful, wonderful wisdom. Um, I think we're all leaving here smarter, even Ron. I think he gained some knowledge tonight. And we appreciate you, and we thank you, and we want you to come back at some point and say yes. hello to us. I, I would love to. Thank you for uh, having me on the show. I really enjoyed myself. So, yeah, uh, yeah, let's do this again sometime. I really enjoyed you all. Yes, Definitely. Sir. We'll probably do this when Ron's getting married. <laughs> we'll do his, like, we're going to try to figure out how to counseling on the air. Out. His pre and counseling on the air. That would be great. <laughs> Get him married to old girl. Oh, <laughs> no, you already got one. She's, she's, <laughs> I ain't going to say it. Stop, Stop it. Stop it. No, because he's going to be the ivory king, and we're going to be jealous. So have, have a great night, everyone. Say good night, everyone. <laughs> Thank you again. Take care. Good night. All right, good night. Bye. All right, have a great one. We'll see you guys next week.